Hi, everybody. Welcome to Pros and Cons. I'm here with Keenan Magnet. He's a crew chief and on the pit crews, a three different series of racing, and we'll talk about that in a second. I just wanted to say at the beginning of this episode, don't forget about our contest. Uh, I think the first one is up probably before this episode will come out. Second one is starting then. 50 bucks if you like and share on Facebook and subscribe on iTunes or SoundCloud for the second four weeks is going to be 100 bucks. so do it up. How's it going today? I'm all right. How are you? Oh, not bad. So uh, the first question I'll have here, uh, what what the three different series you're talking about here, what's the the difference here? Uh, well, with what I'm racing in now, the three different series, I actually started oval track racing in the street stock class that I just went back to last year for the first time in, I think, 11 years. And they're uh, just a steel body uh, race car that you see at your local tracks. You got them, put a roll cage in them, make them go fast, better motor, all that kind of good stuff. Uh, I think it was about 11 years ago when I stopped racing the street stocks at our street stocks at our local class, moved up to the West car series, which is a, a fully fabricated race car with a plastic body on it. Basically a lot faster, a lot more money. Um, and then of course the NASCAR Pinty series is another jump up from that, obviously with, uh, and being a national series or uh, a lot more involved in a lot more horsepower. Pretty much kind of the same car, fabricated car, but just a lot more money involved. Oh, yeah. Cool. Uh, kind of mills you're running in the in the two upper series there? The two upper series, the West car is a Ford 347 crate motor. Uh, we bought it directly from Ford, and it does come right in a crate, and you open it up and put it in. Don't You're not allowed to open it. Uh, the rules are it has to be sealed. So it just it comes with dyno sheets. Um, yeah, basically bolt it in and go. By a long block? It's complete, basically carbon to pan. It's already been, Ford's already ran it. They f- give you a sheet with the temperatures that they've ran it to. It's, it comes with oil in it even. Oh, so, wow. Um, basically front pulleys, all that kind of stuff. We've had to, we had to buy for it, bell housing clutch, but other than that, it's a complete motor. Oh, cool. And the uh, NASCAR series is about a 600 horsepower. We ran Dodges, so uh, we bought our motors from DJ Kennington. He's actually racing in Phoenix in the NASCAR monster energy series this weekend so uh he built our motors and we leased them from him uh and they were yeah upwards of 600 horsepower built specifically for that series same thing you buy them carb to pan uh those motors yeah because they came from from dj kennington so they were they were a complete motor same thing they would have been ran on the dyno and we get them from him and, and you're not in. allowed to open them up those ones we could open up but uh when they're released you don't really yes yeah. Um, we, we've opened them up at the tracks before when we were across Canada, like in Ontario, Montreal, if we've had issues, but we always try and if DJ has time, make sure that he's there with us oh, yeah. so that he knows we're not messing with his motors. Cool. Yeah. See, I, I was always thinking, you know, you got to build it from the ground up, but, uh, in the street stock class, we definitely do. Yeah. It's, yeah. We built that motor in my buddy's shed in his backyard. So yeah. What are you running in the street stock? It's 350. Oh yeah. 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 Do you have any regulations on those or? Every class is different regulations, but tons of them, yes. On the motor for street stock? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. What? what uh... Uh, I mean, we're only allowed to run a single barrel Rochester carburetor on there, so that really limits what oh. you can do anyways. Wow. Because, I mean, if you can't get the air in, you're not getting it out. So it, uh, that's that's pretty limited. Um, yeah, you can't run, like, uh, pop-up pistons. Uh, they have to have four valve reliefs in the pistons. Uh honestly i'm not super familiar with the street stock engine rules because yeah. it's not really my department yeah um I, i'm the chassis setup 
crew chief guy. So yeah. Well, I know on the, the upper two series they have a lot of regulation on uh, like everything, width, ride height, all that. Hey, everything. Yeah. Everything. Yeah. Pretty strict on it too. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. They test you before or after the race? Uh, well, we'll just we should talk about. I haven't done the NASCAR Pro Two Series for three years now. Okay. Um, it's really, really in depth and really strict. When I show yeah. up at the track in the morning, usually you have to be there by five in the morning, and NASCAR hands you your tech sheets that are about four pages long, and uh, you tech for probably the first, I don't know, six hours of the day before you're allowed on the track. Wow. And uh, with the West Car Series, it's not nearly as much as that, but we definitely we tech before uh, we qualify during the day, and then we tech before the main event, and we tech after the main event. And there's a standard amount of things that they tech for at all those times, like ride heights, width, like you mentioned, uh, and our weights, left side weights, rear percentage, total percentage, or total weight of the car with the driver in it, race ready. And then after the race in West Car, what we do is we have a envelope program. At the beginning of the year, stuff enough envelopes for the whole race season. Uh, and we draw, during the driver's meeting before the main event, they draw three envelopes out of a hat. A random driver gets to do this and the top three cars at the end of the main event plus usually a random car uh they get teched for all like i said all the standard things that you get teched for and oh, then, yeah. they, then they open the envelopes and whatever's in there is in there you get teched for those as well so oh, yeah. those could be things like uh carburetors clutch weight clutches uh rear end gears to make sure you're not running any kind of fancy locker system uh yeah Endless amount of things are in those envelopes, and you never Crazy. know what well, keep, keeps everybody honest, right? That's right. Yeah, yeah. It's like a, a lottery of yep. Yeah, of cool. What you could be teching. That's a good way to do it. Because yeah, I was thinking like, man, if you're getting teched on every single thing, every single race, it would be uh, you'd the, have a week of tech for a yeah. race. And, and West, NASCAR is like that because I mean they're all paid officials, and it's a really expensive series to run in, and it's professional series. Yeah, Westcar is a you know blue collar working man series. It tours BC, so definitely you know all of our it's all volunteers right our tech men are volunteers our officials are volunteers and they don't want to be there till three o'clock in the morning tech and race cars for sure yeah so yeah exactly it's the fairest way that we could think we could come up with to do it well, so. sounds pretty good to me cool man so uh when's your uh first event in the west car uh that's a good question man i'd have to look on my phone i don't even remember now i think <laughs> it's uh beginning of may sometime is our first one. Oh yeah cool so we do uh we're doing like six of our points races this year and then there's other races we'll probably attend that aren't official west car points races as well so oh yeah can i just get to move the mic just a little bit closer to you yeah you, you can move it there there's lots of thank cool thanks man yeah cool and uh may sometime and how late do you guys run september so let me tell june 16th sorry oh yeah street stocks are we race in may june 16th is uh we race prince george which is our home track and nice um, this year we actually get to race at home twice this year with the West car. It's usually been one time. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then, uh, we race Quinnell, Williams Lake and Agassiz after that. Nice. You guys run, uh, you guys must run like speed drills for, for, uh, pit, pit stops, eh? No. Cause, uh, the West car series, we do a hundred laps and our tires and our fuel is, is enough to get us through a hundred laps. Okay. So you only stop if there's something goes wrong. That's right. And okay. I mean, I've definitely practiced it a lot in my time, but we don't, nobody practices in our series and don't yeah. need to, but, uh, the NASCAR series, when I ran that, it definitely practiced a lot more and we did have to do, um, fuel and, and tire stops. So, oh yeah. Cool. Uh, you get one pretty much hundred laps for a set of tires or. Yep. We oh, yeah. bolt on a new, we usually end up showing up at the track 
to practice with our tires from the race before. Yeah. We practice on those, then we'll scuff them in before with our last practice session, so that we know there's nothing wrong with the tire, the new set of tires. Yeah, we're yeah, on. factory defect just, or something. Yeah, three or four or five laps, get them a little bit warm, and we just make sure they're not out around or something weird with them. And then, uh, yeah, then the car's ready to qualify on that brand new set of tires. And once you qualify, the tires are stamped by an official, and you have to run those tires all day, barring they don't get really? torn apart or something. But if that happens, you're allowed to, without without having them restamped? An official will come by and judge whether you need a new tire and then allow you to put a new tire on and, yes, and restamp that tire. Oh, yeah, cool. How many cars you got running in the West car? On average, I'd say 20, yeah. Oh yeah, that's pretty pretty tight, we especially on our track. We had days when we have uh, you know, fourteen sometimes due to circumstances, especially last year with the wildfires and stuff. But uh yeah, twenty is a twenty is a good field for sure. Yeah. Yeah, well on our track that's a pretty tight track when you're hauling it's just, ass. It's a tight track, yeah. Yeah. And we race on smaller ones than that, so Oh really? What's the smallest track? Agassiz. Oh yeah. And it is small and they call it agony because there's a lot of carnage there. Oh really? Oh yeah. Yeah, it's gotta be pricey when you're when it's uh, you know, not it's you're not funded by papa john's you know what i mean oh yeah 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 we uh agassi is our nemesis track we either podium there or we destroy our car there every year it seems like it's one or the other there's no happy medium and uh, last year was one of those years oh. on my birthday night and uh yeah destroyed the cars so. oh that sucks <laughs> so on your birthday night you had a lot of stuff to do uh, a lot of drinking beer to do because I couldn't work on the car until we got it back home anyways. It's oh, fun. it was that totaled. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. It was done. It was hard oh. getting into the trailer. It was so bent. Oh, yeah. Oh, wow. <laughs> what happened? Uh, somebody else ran out of talent and uh, put us into the wall. That happens. On purpose? No, he just ran out of talent. Drove over his head, I think. Oh, yeah. Too heavy on the foot. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Couldn't figure out where the other pedal was. It makes you slow down. <laughs> uh, I'm bad for that in the razor. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Cool, man. So uh, you said you're starting up in June here. See you there. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Uh, how many cars are there in the series? Like, no, you say, you know. Oh, I think last year registered for our series, there was probably 35 maybe, give or take. Oh, yeah. Uh, so yeah, yeah. I mean, like I said, some days you're going to get 14 or 15, some days you're going to get 23. So it, that's it, a pretty it, good it turnout varies, for 35. Yeah. 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 Our biggest race we've ever started in the West car series. I think we started 29 cars one day. Not in Agassiz. No, that was in Williams <laughs> Lake and it was, uh, it's a, that's a big show and, and probably too many cars. Yeah. 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 Probably I've heard Williams many. Lake's a pretty good track too. Eh? Yeah. It's a good track Yeah, and, and it's bigger and it's got a little bit more room, but yeah. Like you said, that's, that's a lot of cars you get out there. It starts causing havoc. Yeah, no doubt. Cool, man. So uh, how many hours would you say between races, you guys, as long as you don't bend it so it's so bad it won't fit in the trailer uh, in, it, be- in between uh, races? Just a regular kind of maintenance between races. Yeah. I would say on average 20 to 30 hours probably I put into that thing. Oh, yeah. You? Yeah. Yeah. How many man hours? Uh, yeah, there's On average, there's going to be three or four other guys that show up there Oh, yeah, so. 10 hours each maybe oh yeah something like that yeah kind of uh i don't know if it's a good thing or a bad thing but i like to I, I go spend a lot of time it's my uh it's my vice yeah i like to i like to work in there alone i go turn up the stereo and just work oh yeah nice man yeah i never i never minded working on stuff as long as it was good stuff though yeah i hated working on junk <laughs> yeah and i never i never owned much good stuff 
it's funny because uh when i quit racing street stocks that was part of my decision was not that they're junk but they're stock steel body cars when they get bent up you get you know sharp edges and you cut your hands on them and they're uh they're just not quite as nice and yeah uh, when i had the opportunity to go to you know fat fully fabricated race car i mean yeah it's not junk tube frame perfectly lift off body everything's spotlessly clean and new and shiny and all aftermarket parts there's nothing stock you don't have to go to the auto wreckers and sandblast stuff and paint it with a spray bomb and nothing's had time to rust since the last time yeah, it was replaced yeah yeah yeah, yeah. so it's uh <clears throat> i definitely enjoy working on i mean our street stock that we have now is probably a few notches up from when i race it because it's pretty nice too so. yeah what are you running for a street stock it's a monte carlo oh yeah 80 gm metric car 86 ish yep. vintage i guess yeah you probably can't tell by looking at it it's been chopped up a little bit <laughs> slope nose and a little bit of a slanted roof on it and yeah yeah cool you, know, you guys have got to have certified frames in there or certified cages in there still oh yeah 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 no got to cement the doors or anything that was old school uh old school hit to yeah. pass yeah, I don't know how safe cement flying around in a car is, but that's <laughs> yeah. pretty old school. That's before my time. I yeah. don't think I would recommend that. <laughs> oh, no, well, the weight, <laughs> driver's door full of cement even is, uh, yeah. yeah. Cool, man. So when you're running for a mill in there, you said you guys built that one. That's a 350. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah just. Uh, and like you said you're only, you're only allowed to run a single barrel. Single barrel. That's, yeah, that's that's a definite uh, choke point. Yep. Yeah. You got to keep them. You got to have something to keep them uh, from going crazy. Cause yeah, I guess you get somebody out there with a. You have the money to spend it. Uh, you're gonna spend it and make it go as fast as you can and make as much horsepower as you can. Not so. to mention when you're putting it in street stock cars, yeah. they're not gonna handle very good. So they're gonna go way too fast. They're gonna. Yeah. I don't know if maybe they're maybe all of them aren't gonna handle very good. No, I know. <laughs> no, I know. But well, I mean, once you put that bigger yeah. mill in there. Oh, and yeah. you get going that much faster with still the same yeah, amount there, of handling. Yeah, you, you don't have as much adjustment. Um, but I mean, man, knowing what I know now, working going back to a street stock, it, it that car handles good. Yeah, my yeah. driver had never been in a car like that before. He that always raced. Up. He always raced a street stock. Yeah, that was a street stock that they minimal. You know, a little bit of a camber adjustment here and uh, some yeah. stagger in the back and let it go. So yeah, first time he got in this thing after we spent hours and hours on it. Yeah, uh, setting it up to basically the same as i set up my west car quite honestly with the, a lot of the same geometry i put into it um he was pretty amazed and it showed because right off the trailer i think with that car and he hadn't raced for 10 years and i hadn't done this for 11 years and we uh we set track records right off the trailer and won everything this year so nice cool man so the track record just about everywhere in the province actually so awesome yeah uh, is your first race in may here with street stock yeah I can look up the date for that one. <laughs> okay. I don't, I don't memorize none of this stuff. Yeah. You like to memorize the fun stuff, yeah. not the dates. You can write those down. Can't keep too much stuff in my head. <laughs> yeah, me neither. <laughs> yeah. Nice. So uh, do you guys, in the West car, you must uh, be able to talk to the drivers. Yes. Yeah. Not in street stock, probably. No. Yeah. Is it illegal in street stock or yep. it's just, it oh, is, yeah. yeah. It's, not, it's just another cost saving thing, right? It's, yeah. Uh, this is a local track that, you know. Guys get off work at five o'clock and drag their cars out to the local track to have some fun. So yep. you got to keep the cost down, and that's one of the ways to do it. Radios yeah, for aren't sure. cheap. Oh, no doubt. Yeah, I've even just priced out the cheap, uh, like go buy a nice walkie-talkie and put the things in your helmet to you just smack the button. Yep. To talk to people yep. on the razor, and even that system's 
400 bucks a helmet or something to hook up you know oh yeah yeah it's all expensive stuff for sure and you got to have all the noise cancellation stuff and yeah well these wouldn't have it this is without any of that oh yeah yeah, yeah. this is just like a super loud speaker in one ear and a mic down in the front of your helmet but i don't wear my helmet enough to make work buying one of those worthwhile <laughs> but uh i mean i wear my helmet all the time yeah that's right yeah that's what you're supposed to say yeah not me and me and dayton lost two helmets here couple of years ago we had them bungee corded to the back of a roll bar right behind the seat you know kind of jammed in with the chin underneath the back bar and uh came around a corner and yeah, flew up, flew off the end of the road bounced across a four inch four foot ditch but you could hardly feel it because we were doing like 70 or 80 bounced across the ditch took out about six you know two inch trees or whatever and then I, I curved her back onto the road and we cut across the same ditch on an angle hardly felt the ditch again and holy man we stopped you alright you alright it's like yeah I hardly felt it but holy and then uh, we got about two miles down the road oh man our helmets are gone <laughs> we went back and looked for like 40 minutes no yeah if they're on your head where they're supposed to be you won't lose them either, uh, exactly right? exactly <laughs> yeah so we started wearing them more after that especially if we were going to haul ass it's a good idea yeah the, the, my only problem is when I had my stereo in my in my razor still, I'm too tall with the helmet on. Oh yeah. With the helmet on, and I move if I move more than like this, my head's hitting shit, which doesn't seem safe to me. You no. mean you roll and crunch the roll cage a little bit, and I'm getting squished. <laughs> yeah, that's true, I guess, but I don't know. Helmets seem safer to me. Yo, for sure. Yeah, definitely. It's there's a, there's a there's a rhyme to their to the reason behind why they're required absolutely yeah yeah but no i we i run full harnesses and stuff you guys got to run four points or five points in every five point harnesses yeah in and, and hans device well what's that neck brace the head and neck restraint that holds your helmet down yeah oh yeah so that's on the back of the seat kind of no it uh sits on the driver's shoulders and the, his your your uh, shoulder belts hold it down to your shoulders okay and then it's clipped onto your helmet so keeps your Keeps your head attached to your body if you have a front really end, bad front end impact. Oh yeah, huh? Cool. I didn't know that. I always thought it was just like a foam piece sitting on their shoulders to stop it from doing this too uh, much. That's pretty old school neck brace, yeah. And uh, that's what they used to think was helping them. But after Dale Earnhardt Sr. died in NASCAR, yeah, uh, they they studied that accident a lot due to his status in the sport, and uh, they realized that. The weight of the helmet when you hit something hard actually pulls that your actual head. Ten or fifteen pounds of a helmet is pulling his spine away out of his body. So yeah, stretching That's everything. what killed him. So this keeps your uh, head and your helmet stuck down to your body where it's supposed to be. Okay, yeah, that's pretty interesting. What other uh, safety precautions are there that I might not know about, or other people might not know about? Uh, we run fire suppression systems, so the driver basically just has to pull a pin, and uh, we have. Uh, fire nozzles a point to our motor, point to the fuel cell, point to the driver. Battery probably. Point, yeah, everywhere where there's, you know, could be a, under, up under the dash where all the electrical is. Um, yeah, there's a, there's a few points where, like I said, all he has to do, there's no, no fire extinguisher because I'm not sure if anybody's ever been in a race car that caught on fire. I was in a hit-to-pass car that did, and oh. the last thing you think about is unclipping a fire extinguisher and trying to put a fire out. Oh, yeah, get out of the car. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm not sure why why anybody ever had a fire extinguisher in a race car, but it's anyways. it's still uh, regulation at the strip. Fire suppression system is definitely uh, a lot better idea. Oh no doubt, yeah, yeah. I'm sure. I wonder if that's a uh, regulation at the strip when you get going fast enough. 
probably is. Yeah, I think you have to have fire suppression too. Yeah. Um, I, I, I've drag raced super gas cars out there, and we had a fire suppression system in that as well. Oh, yeah. That's cars. So. Yeah. And what were you guys running for times in that? That car, our best time out at this track was, uh, I believe we ran a 987 somewhere in that oh, yeah. area. Yeah. I wonder when you start needing that. I think 11 after, seconds. You, well, uh, usually after, t- usually 10s. Is, 11s is, I think, you've got to start need a cage. cage and, yeah. and they're not like a full-on, uh, like, 13-point cage or whatever. They're just, a, I think you just need a basic um, rollover cage. Yeah. But then once you start getting 10 seconds and faster, it's where it's really strict. Yeah. Yeah. They actually have to be certified, NHRA certified cages and everything else. Once it starts getting fun, it gets expensive. Everything. Yeah. It doesn't matter what it is. You know that. Yeah. No, exactly. Uh, I was just talking to uh, the guy who's going to do my maintenance on my side-by-side this year. And uh, I was telling him, I was like, well, at least this year all the mechanics won't laugh at me. Every year I bring it in and I talk to the guy and he comes out and looks at it when they unload it off the trailer. And uh, they just all shake their head at me because I'm the only guy that brings it in with hand controls. And they say I'm the hardest guy on all my equipment. (laughs) (laughs) Everything's held together by machine, like self-tapping screws is all the plastic and the roof's on by zap straps. Yeah, yeah. I don't think I'd ride with you. No, (laughs) I've calmed her down quite a bit. Yeah. Yeah, it's too expensive to ride like that. No doubt. Yeah. And uh, I'm this, I think next year I'm going to need uh, a front diff. It's not a differential in there, though. It's something else. Anyways. That's a factory flaw, though. Oh, yeah. The the front CVs, they, had, they have like five degrees, not enough travel. Oh, so okay. So when you're in full extension, when you're in the air and the, front and the wheels up. are spinning, they're binding and hammering on the bearing in the yeah. front diff. Hmm. Yeah. You need to put a travel limiter on there and then that won't happen need to buy you can buy uh, aftermarket uh cv axles that yeah. have enough travel higher, higher travel but yeah an easy cheap fix is uh yeah just tie them up then when they're in full droop they can't droop yeah yeah but i mean then you, how are you going to find that five degrees right true enough yeah no i think i'm just going to put new new ones in when i put the new diff in <laughs> that's uh that's another trick there i don't know if you know that or not with tire changes, especially what we do it on all the cars, but uh, especially when you're in the NASCAR series and those guys can jack those cars up so fast. Yeah. It's because all the suspension comes off the ground right away. There's a, uh, there's a change usually or, or aircraft cable holding the diffs up and holding the front um, a arms up. Yeah. So when they start jacking those cars up, they don't keep hanging down, hanging down, hanging down. They come off the ground right away. Yeah. And that's how you get those tires off fast. So I know. And they, they just use like a, uh, cantilever jack don't they they don't use a bottle jack it's just like one yeah it's a head yeah it's a hydraulic floor jack but it, they're they're quick pump they're yeah expensive race jack yeah yeah one one movement to the handles like yeah <laughs> like four of a regular yeah princess auto jack or even <laughs> more probably more than a princess auto jack <laughs> yeah. more than a snap-on jack yeah. yeah yeah cool man so uh what have you guys been doing on the car all winter any m- m- significant changes haven't touched them haven't touched them took winter off took winter off yeah yeah. So no no significant changes planned either. Gonna pretty much run what you had last year for a setup and Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, pretty much. Is there anything you guys are doing different than other people? That's uh like, you know, I mean like everybody there must be a little bit of variation. There's Absolutely lots. there's a little bit. I'd say in the West Car we're all pretty pretty uh close. Yeah. Uh I know a lot of the cars there's there's a couple of race shops in B C um that uh 
they build cars and set them up and uh between you know if i if i'd say the top 12 cars you know five of them go to one of those race shops and five of them go to the other and there's probably a couple of us that do our own yeah um there's not very many of us that do our own but we're still i'd say probably all doing pretty much the same thing yeah i've been there when you guys are scaling stuff out i mean you guys got some pretty you know all this pretty slick equipment yeah i was uh pretty impressed when i've been there a couple times while you guys are doing the odd thing yeah, everything's everything's set up with lasers and you know you don't use tape measures for nothing anymore it's, yeah it's lasers to the thousandths of an inch and and uh yeah scaling everything to perfection Were, uh you said you set up your uh street stock was that all the stuff same stuff you were using use all the same stuff oh yeah so yeah. if you want to know if there's a difference between our car and other cars out there the street stock yeah i'd say there is. yeah yeah well, most of the street stock guys probably aren't coming in and using all the West Car no, setup equipment. I, I'd say our car gets set up a lot more technically than most of the street yeah. stocks. Cool, man. Well, I'll definitely be coming to check some races out. Apparently, they got me all blocked in, though. I can't can't go sit up on top of the hill, apparently, this year. Why is that? Uh, they set up a whole bunch of Lego blocks around there, apparently. Oh. Huh. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. Uh, Eric. My buddy who works at the company that was doing it said, yeah, can't ride your side-by-side up the hill anymore. And Oh, up there, yes. Yeah. On the backside. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, which is like one of the only places I can see, right? I can't really get out of my side-by-side unless I brought my wheelchair and then I might as well just bring my van. Yeah. Yeah, no, they blocked all that. That wasn't us either. That was uh, the Fortis or somebody. I think it's all natural gas pipeline yeah. up there now. Yeah. Yeah. But I'm sure there'll still be people like up there getting up there. Yeah, I don't know. It's pretty tough now. Yeah? Yeah. Yeah. When did they do that? That was last fall sometime. Yeah, eh? it was in the falls towards the end of the year when they finished it up. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Eric said I'd have troubles. I tried romping over some of them blocks one time. <laughs> it works okay until you until the uh, aluminum yeah. rock sliders hit and dig in, and then you stop dead. Yeah. No more going. Tires <laughs> are off the ground. It's hard to move. Yeah. Yeah. Cool, buddy. So uh, what else should we know about uh, getting into racing? If somebody wanted to get in cheap and uh go have some fun what's your recommendation well they do have an entry-level class it's called for the mini stocks and uh you know they're they're four-cylinder cars and basically you know you got the interiors out of them kick the windows out of them and uh and go racing uh personally i mean i i'm not trying to diss that class or anything and it's a great class if that's how you want to start racing but i don't think you learn how to be a race car driver in that class my personal opinion if you can afford to go street stock racing, that's definitely the way to go, even if you are entry level and even if you are running at the back of the pack, you're going to learn how to be a driver a lot faster, I can tell you that. Yeah, yeah. And uh, what are the, do you know some of the regulations for street stock, like as far as uh, what you're allowed to change on the car? Well, like, I mean. Like for suspension setup and stuff. Like oh, you, yeah. you've done all kinds of technical setup, but I mean, are you allowed to put in full. We have a, yeah, you can run four, nine. I mean, our car has a four, nine, nine inch rear end in it, which I mean, obviously it's a Chevy. So, yeah. you know, it, it didn't come with that. Um, guys running like a full, full four link or? Uh, no, it's, you have to run the uh, factory three links or fa- sorry, the factory four link suspension okay. that came in that GM car. So you got to run y- your suspension pickup points in a street stock all have to remain the same. Okay. A lot of the times how you get to those pickup points doesn't have to remain the same, but the pickup points do. So okay. you're not allowed to, uh, you're not allowed to start cutting and moving suspension pickup points. That's okay. one of the biggest things, but, uh, yeah, 
anything else in between there you can there's a lot of stuff you can do for sure cool i mean they call them a street stock but there's there's not a lot left on them yeah at the end of the day yeah yeah and uh you probably got to run lexan and shit on those too absolutely lexan windows in them no glass nothing that can burn yeah nothing that can smash or shatter yeah Nice, buddy. So, uh, how, how did you get started into it? You were inside you were in street stock like 11 years ago? I started in oval track while well, I started in racing because my dad drag raced since I was, well, pretty much born, I think. So, it was yeah. So, did your grandpa, didn't he? No, just oh. uh, started at my dad. But his, uh, as soon as I was able to start hanging out in the garage with my dad at five or, you know, four, five, six years old, I was out there every, every time he was and, uh, you know, started off like my kids are now. Uh, passing tools and learning how to use tools and yeah um i have my youngest daughter out in the garage with me every day she's seven and she knows how to use more tools than most grown men that i know so that's the way to do it um but that's how i started off and uh yeah raced with him for you know over i think i don't even know now till 97 i think my dad sold everything just decided he didn't want to do it anymore and didn't want to spend the money anymore and he got out of it and uh I worked at a car dealership in Prince George where a guy was um, building a street stock for Pagera, and he asked if I wanted to come and be on his crew. And uh, it was a long battle for him because I didn't like oval track racing at all. <laughs> I was a drag racer, but uh, he finally talked me into it, and I went and did it. And uh, from that day f- on, pretty much, I was out of Pagera. You were hooked. Winning races. Yeah. It was easy to get me hooked when the very first weekend I went out there with him, we won three out of the three races, so... Yeah, I was like, huh, this is pretty fun. Yeah, yeah, no doubt. It's like the the, the compulsive gambler that goes and pull <laughs> yeah. wins on his first pull. That's right. Yeah. That's what happens. So yeah, you get hooked. I was like, oh, this oval track racing, it's all right. Maybe I can do this. <laughs> cool. So you've been doing it for years, getting the kids into it. Yeah, yeah. Started off at like I said, races, race the street socks at Bagheera until you know it was pretty much, I I guess accomplished what I could accomplish there and. uh was time to move on to an, another class and did that and won championships in the west car and had track records in that series and did pretty good and uh uh was in mexico i don't even know what year it was now 2012 and uh you know didn't hear my phone ring for probably up to that point at about four or five days and uh just happened to be in the room getting ready to go for uh for dinner with some friends in mexico and my cell phone rang and it was uh Riley Siebert, who raced in the NASCAR series, and he was like, yeah, I need you to come and be my crew chief in NASCAR. So cool. that's, that's how that deal started. I was like, um, yeah, I'm pretty sure I'm not going to say no to that opportunity of a lifetime. Yeah. And so, yeah, I went and did that for a few years uh, until he we kind of put that on the back burner right now. He had some other obligations, and money always plays a factor into that too, of course. But, yeah. Uh, yeah, I'm hoping that we both get the opportunity to go do that again. There's There is talks of it, so. No doubt. They must get some really good travel in with that, too. That's uh, everywhere. Uh, yeah. that uh, The last year I raced that series because I was still crew chief in on the West Car, um, there was only one race that I couldn't make it to um, to one of them, so I had to pick, and I went to the NASCAR race, but I raced uh, 24 times that time, and one of those race days was in Prince George. So the oh, rest yeah. of them, you know, there was five in BC, and the rest were all in – Eastern Canada, Montreal, Ontario, yeah. all the way to Antigonish, Nova Scotia. So cool, man! You get to do some traveling and meet lots of different people, and yeah, cool. 
Absolutely. Well, uh, we're getting up there, but before we go, just run me through like a typical start of your day and to finish your day on in the West Car Series. Like, usually uh, the car is usually loaded by you know two or three nights ahead of time. I think I try and do that so that I don't make changes because. Otherwise, you're nitpicking. If it's uh, if if it's done and sitting in the garage on the floor, uh, yeah, then I have a bad habit of being like, "Well, maybe we should change this, and maybe we should so second guessing yourself." Put it in the trailer, and uh, we leave it in there until race day. And usually, we head out to the track, depending on what track we're at, what time the gates open. But uh, we have a our our pit gets we have a pit cart and then a big tire cart. Um, our pits always get up set up the same since day one. It's just a habit, so you're not. Know where everything is. Yeah, your your nitrogen bottle is always in the same spot. Your tire cart's always in the same spot. Everything's that way. So then you, yeah, I guess you make sure everybody knows what their jobs are on my crew. At this point, they all should, and they all do a great job of that. But you just kind of go over it and make sure that you know what is expected of them through the day, and we get everything set up and ready to go and uh, warm up the car usually and clean it up a little bit and get the driver ready to go to for the first practice. And, uh, obviously it, when you practice, it usually consists of, we try and do, uh, 10 lap runs and you kind of work on the average of those 10 lap runs is the best way to do it, to make sure your car is ready to go hundred laps, mm-hmm. it, make sure it stays consistent. It's not falling off after 10, 15 laps and, uh, work on those runs. And if we have time, we try and work on doing a qualifying run, uh, make the car fast for qualifying. Cause it's, you got to do a couple of different things for that. Yeah, and uh, once that happens and you're good to go and you race, once it's on the racetrack, it's pretty much out of my hands after that point. Yeah, it's up to the driver to do what he does. You still get race day jitters? Absolutely. That's the thrill of it. I still have nervous peas before qualifying and before <laughs> the main event. Yeah. After cool. all this time, yeah. But that's that's how you know that's the adrenaline of it, right? If Just I didn't the... have those, I shouldn't probably be there. Yeah. Cool, man. Well, yeah, like I said, we're getting up here. Thank you so much for coming on. I learned a lot. We had a good bullshit. Right on. And uh, to everybody out there, I will have some links and dates and times so you guys can go check out the races. And uh, I'll have all my information in the description as well. Thanks, Keenan. Good talking to you. Right on. Thank you. Mm-hmm.